show me what you're all about. Hi, and welcome to Made to Create with me, your host, Jen Vermillion. And I am here today with my newfound friend, mm-hmm. Yang Jang. She is the founder of The Hidden Artist and is also a creativity coach, right? I said that all right? Yes, yeah. that is correct. Thank <laughs> you so much, Jen. Um, so, which we'll dive into exactly what that means in just a little bit. But do you want to just kind of... I don't introduce yourself and just say a little bit about who you are and what you're doing these days. Yeah. So, uh, as you said, I am the founder of the hidden artist and a creativity coach. And what I really do is I am working to build a community and a practice where I'm really supporting people that are going through their creative journey and Mm -hmm. helping guide them through the challenges that they're facing along the way. And um, what I really aim to do with that is to create um, a deeper relationship with, Mm -hmm. with art and creativity for people and to help them get through whatever roadblocks might be preventing them from having that deeper engagement. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I I do that. And then, you know, my day job is also working in education where I do program development and research and evaluation. Okay. Awesome. And so the, so, you know, we've spoken a few times and, um, I know a little bit about the hidden artist because I know you've got a workshop coming up in February, right? We're talking about February, February 8th. And then, so is that more or less the same thing that you do with the coaching or is it different? Um, And then if you can kind of explain a little bit of what goes into both the hidden artist workshop and then how, what, like, what does the coaching entail? Yeah. Um, so this is all definitely being unfolded, you know, mm-hmm. as I'm going through and beginning to put this out more in, in public. And so the workshop is interesting because it's it's a group format, right? Mm-hmm. And so why I, what I'm trying to do with the workshop is to really create a space where someone who may not feel comfortable enough to get individual attention Mm -hmm. um, because they're just really new to it. And they're like, look, I haven't really done anything with my creativity in maybe like 10 years. You know, I've always wanted to write, but I haven't done it since high school. Or, you know, I have this idea for a book, but I don't know if I'm quite ready to do individual coaching yet because people kind of know when they start doing individual coaching, there's a lot more attention on them. And sometimes they're just not ready to like act on that. Yeah. And it seems that would be, once you got to that stage, it's, and it feels more like you're committing to that. Totally. Yeah. It's a really big commitment, you know, because you're essentially like you're paying, you know, mm-hmm. each session after session. And there is this really big sense of accountability. And that's what's awesome about coaching. But some people understandably just, just they're just not there yet, you right. know. Um, and so um, the workshop is really for people that just really want to get a taste. It's only four hours. Um, and I also find that um, people have been, when I've been talking to them about their creative journey and what mm-hmm. coaching might look like for them a lot of them have mentioned it'd be awesome to like do it in a group because um it'd be great not to feel so alone in this yeah because I think one of the things when you're on your um you you are on this journey um you know it's very it can be very um lonely sometimes because it's like all of us, what we want to create, it's very special and unique to us. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult to express it in words to anybody else. Right. And especially if you haven't put it out in the world, you yeah. know, it's just, it's just in you and it's like only you can see it and only you really know what's there. And so sometimes it just feels like really isolated. Mm-hmm. And then also I, I just find that it's not something that people talk about. Like 
I always think like, I always say, okay, if you're like running low on money or you don't have a job or your health is, is bad and you're sick, everyone around you is concerned about that. They're right. like, oh my God, like you need to, you need to get like money. Like you need mm-hmm. to get a job. You need to like go to the hospital, take care of yourself. But like no one's really sitting down with you and talking in for, for like a couple hours about like how you really right. need to write that book that you never wrote um, and you haven't written yet. Or you really need to like go act because you just have always wanted to do that. And I right. would hate for you to, to pass away and never have done that. And so I think being around other people that feel that it's important enough to show up for the workshop mm-hmm. and to feel that there are other bodies in the room who this matters as much to them and to not feel silly that it matters so much right. um, is so important. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think there's, I don't know if it's a societal thing or if it's just, I don't know where it comes from, but it's almost like this idea or this tone that at least that I've experienced as a creative person that it's like, well, engaging and diving into my creative endeavors or my creative self, like that's, it's, it it can be a little bit frivolous, right? Like there's, there's other more important things in in the world. And, you know, we need to think about, well, and at least for me, because I'm working in Mm. a social justice field, it's Mm. like this idea of, right, there's big changes that we need to make in the world. And there's, um, you know, there, there's other people that need a lot of help. And it's almost like, um, that, that, part of yourself it's it's not as important and I, I love that yeah. you you talk about it and from the first time that you know when we met at the Starbucks um you know not that long ago one thing that really stood out to me about the way you talk about creativity is it's very much to you I can tell this living and breathing thing that it just like you know one of our kids like it needs our attention yeah um and Absolutely. so but I, I love you know what you're saying about everyone's going to be concerned about those other parts of our life, like, like our, our physical health, um, you know, our, our relationships with our spouses mm-hmm. and, and we check in on one another about those sort of things, but we don't right. check in about, um, those things that really breathe life into us, which funny enough is at least I know when I've taken the time to pay attention to those things, those other things that also really matter, right? Our relationships with our significant <clears throat> others, with our family, um, the things that we're doing professionally, they they also matter, but they're going to be better off if we are paying attention to those pieces that yes. really help fill up our cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. The word frivolous is so on point. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> what it feels like. Um, and... Um, and I think it's especially important for women, um, Mm. because like, you know, just connecting some dots, like I think a lot about why we call things like crafts versus like art, you know? And I remember I watched this documentary about Yayoi Kusama Mm -hmm. and at the end of the documentary, it shocked me. They just showed this one fact and it was like the, the amount of women's art within like museums and galleries, like curated collections mm-hmm. is 3%. Oh, wow. And I was like, no way. I, it, was, it was really shocking to me. And it really connected with my experience because I think it's not just like, okay, creativity is just like a thing that adds extra to your life. What I've gone through is that my creative journey has connected me back with what I actually think and feel in any given moment. And it has me pay attention to the reality of my actual experience because Mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of time in my life being focused on what other people are thinking and feeling of me for many reasons. Like you can trace it back to like being a child and needing to 
take care of myself to survive and right. needing to protect myself. And then, you know, all the way up until adulthood, different ways of protecting yourself, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I realize that, um, you know, that the only thing you really have is what you actually think in any moment. That's the most basic fundamental building block of right. what you then go out and do in the world. Yeah. Um, and if you are not actually aware of what you think and feel and what you want, um, your opinion on what's happening to you, you are very vulnerable um, to all sorts mm-hmm. of really dangerous things. And so to me, this is not, this is very vital very mm, critical mm-hmm. work that um, anybody who has felt like they are living a vulnerable life where yeah. they are susceptible to such a lack of agency, such a lack of direction, and they are frightened that they may be overwhelmed by life um, and that they you know, there is a deep sense of fear, I think, when you don't know who you are and you're not connected to who you are. And even if you know what you want, if you don't have the skills and experience and support and knowledge to actually hold to that integrity, you're living a very dangerous life, um, emotionally, spiritually, and and physically in all sorts of ways that that can affect. So um, it became such a critical thing for me Mm -hmm. to do this because I realized it really wasn't just about writing a book or Mm -hmm. painting. I realized that when people are desperate for that sort of a thing, they're really desperate because they want to say something and they want to know what it is they even have to say because they're going around day by day and they're just like, what is happening? Where Mm -hmm. is my life going? And who am I? And I think that's a very frightening feeling. Um, And so I, you know, for me, it's not fluffy at all. Mm -hmm. Like I personally know how terrifying it can feel to live life and have all these things and responsibilities thrown at you and these huge decisions and all these people looking at you and being dependent on you and you don't have any clue who you are. Right. It's frightening. Yeah. And I, um, a book that I often quote on this podcast and just in my general conversations with people is, um, the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you read that? I read it a, a few years ago. Okay. You have to refresh me on any specific, yes. specific parts so, of it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, because I just don't have, I have two kids that don't let me read anything these days, but um, I did listen <laughs> to it as an audiobook. Hey, that works. Um, but one thing that stood out to me in that book was she was talking about how, just going, kind of going back to this idea of um, people perceiving creativity as this, or, or pursuing it as this kind of fluffy, um, a frivolous thing. You know, she was saying, as a writer, she's like, you know, I mean, I, I get that humanity will go on if, <laughs> if, if I don't ever write another book, and if I if no one was writing books, no one was expressing their art through writing. Um, if there was, you know, we were living in the time of like a post-apocalyptic world, people would be surviving. Right. (laughs) But, but I think the difference is that people would not be living if they were not able to express that. And the really interesting thing is, I mean, there is artistic expression going back decades and decades and very primitive um, lifestyles and primitive times mm. when I, I think we could argue that people more or less were just kind of surviving. Yeah. But then at the same time, 
they were finding means of not just surviving, of living and right. being able to express what was going on through any sort of artistic means. And so I think it's a very much, um, it's going to come out somehow. It right. has to, right? And so Absolutely. we, I, I think um, one of the premises of this podcast is that we are all creative yes. in some way, shape or form. It, it comes out differently, but I think we are all creative because it's innate in us. And, Absolutely. and I think the evidence in that is, is that you can look back through history and see different types of, ex, you know, creative expression Absolutely. Um, through years and years. And it looks different, but it, it's always there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's such an innate thing. And, and it, it really, you know, and yes, like humanity would go on. Right. But would we have, I think, I think, you know, so I, I think part of why creativity is also really important to like even survival, <laughs> right. Is that it's essentially a meaning making process. Yeah. Right. When you when you watch a movie, like all these events happen in the movie and they could be completely random. But in the movie, they're a story. Right. right. And so then they make sense and everything leads to you to understand each event in a specific light. And if you told the story differently or strung the events together differently, you add different music, whatever, mm -hmm. it totally changes what you take from it. Right. And so I think a lot of things, too, that's happening is like, OK, we are living such busy yeah, like loaded lives and the world is so complicated now and every event has huge ramifications because we're completely globally interdependent right right so we can't just we have to be processing things at a much deeper level than we are because we mm -hmm. don't have the time to not be making sense of things yeah we have to be more capable of making deep sense of what is happening to us because mm. Because everything that we do, um, we're balancing so many things and right. we're, we're having so many effects come out of everything that we do. Um, and so I think also the, the process of creating is you getting better at being like, okay, this thing affected me or I want to do this thing or say this thing. And then being like, what does it mean? Why do I want to say it? And that's all like this critical thinking process mm -hmm. that you go through when you're actually finding out how to then convey it out in an external way. Right. And so I, I think like, you know, it's like as simple as journaling, right? You're making yeah. sense of what happened in your life. And I think that that's more important than ever because we're just mm. being bombarded with demands. Um, so if you really don't know what's happening to you, it's so easy to get swept up and then just wake up 10 years later and be like, Oh my God, like, right. why did I make all those decisions? Yeah. And like <laughs> now, like now that I want, or now that I want something different, like how do I even begin to, to know what, what's different that I want? Because I just, right. I don't even know how to make sense of what's happening to me. Right. And I think that's definitely where I bring my background as, in, as um, having a master's in marriage and family therapy and mm -hmm. having done therapy is like, meaning making is so critical for people to be aware of what's mm -hmm. happening in their lives. And I just found that so many people never really had that practice. Yeah. Um, and so things just keep happening and they just keep responding and they can't really get out of the cycle or, mm -hmm. or make a deeper change because they're not able to really see what these events and, and behaviors mean to who they are. Right. Uh, and so I just see that as a very critical skill. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, and it, it's funny. I, Usually I would say more of the like 
philosophical parts of the conversation until later. And I love that we just like jumped right in there. Um, <laughs> I'm but, like in the deep yes, end person. No, I love it. And I love it so much. Um, but let's back up a little bit too. And yeah. I want to hear it. So part of your role really is helping other people find their creative voices, right? Absolutely. So we talk a little bit about what that's looked like for you because yeah. um, like, like most things, right? Um, when we start to try and solve a problem that we're seeing it. And I think whenever we are um, creating something new, it's like a, a friend of mine that was on the podcast before she had said that, um, you know, it, it's really helpful to think about what to, to fall in love with the problem. Mm. Right. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm wondering for you, like mm. personally, what was the problem that, that you fell in love with and, and how did that relate to you finding your creative voice and, and thus, you know, sending you on this creative journey? Mm. Um, well, gosh, what, a, that's a great question. And there's so many pieces <laughs> of that, as I'm sure everybody you ask this question says, they're probably like, right. Okay. Right. <laughs> yes. Put on your listening hat. Um, okay. Um, and, and the great thing is like everybody's story is different and that's yeah. the beautiful thing. Um, and I think it's, I, it's, it's very true. Yeah. And for a lot of people th- that it is kind of a process and it's, it, like for me personally, it's, it's taken me a while to get here. And I know that I still have some ways to go and still peeling back the layers on, on, on my own creative journey too. Right. So maybe in, so maybe it's not even a matter of having totally arrived, but yes. thus far I'm up to where <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Like what, how did, what does that journey look yeah. like so far for you? Let's start there. Yeah. Um, yeah, every, you're right. Everyone's is so unique. And that's part of why I love um, helping everybody with theirs because I just find it to be such an intricate story, an intimate yeah. story for everybody. Um, so for me, you know, I used to read like crazy when I was a kid. Like I would go to the library and just check out like 20 books every like two weeks and just rip through them as a kid. So I was always in like reading stories mm. and watching movies. So I just loved, loved being immersed in storytelling. And, um, but you know, when I got, and I would do like lots of little doodles and things. Um, but then when I got older in college, you know, I just, I was like, okay, I need to like be serious. I don't even think I made a conscious decision to like let go of my art. I just, it just, you know, it just was, seemed like just like a fun thing to do. And I just, you know, stopped. And I, I think I got to a point where it was like, it's just too many other things to do and get ready for my career and and all that stuff. And so, the, so, the, the important stuff, I'm, and that's in air right, quotes. Um. Right, right, right. <laughs> Definitely in air quotes. Yes. Because as I've learned, holy crap, that was the important stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, um, I remember my little brother, He's he just went off to college and he called me about like a dance rehearsal that he was like, oh, I'm not going to go. But then he, he really wanted to go. And I was just like, it was such a like, go after the girl moment. And yeah. I just had these huge tears <laughs> because I was just like, this is the most important thing. Like, go and it doesn't matter if you don't get in or you do get in it's about listening because if you disconnect from that under knowing how to listen to that pulse yeah it becomes really painful right um and you'll make your way back because it will always be calling to you and you can't like 
ignore it, but I would just love for you to not have to um, do the difficult process of reconnecting as much as possible. And so that's basically what I went through. That's Mm. why I'm so aware of that because like, you know, I went to work and I, and I went to probably the least conducive to my emotions and my creativity place, which is I went into investment banking. Wow. That's very different. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, and I went from like, I went to Wellesley college, which is an all women's college Mm -hmm. and like graduated and was like on like, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, which was such a huge transition. Um, And I, it was just, you know, I, I just, I failed miserably at that job. I really Uh did. And, um, and I remember I put, I put everything into, the idea of doing this job for the rest of my life. And I really thought that like, this is what I wanted, but I, you know, I just could not, um, it just wasn't right for me. And after I, so I got laid off about like a year and a half in and I was just totally disoriented. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I, at that point I was like, I don't even know who I am because I was so invested in this being the right thing for me. And it was so completely wrong. I was very confused. Um, and so that, that was when, okay, so I went, so I moved back home that summer and mm-hmm. I was at about like 22 at that time, moved back home and was trying to figure out my next move. Um, and all I remember is somehow, thank God, I was just like, I miss writing. I miss the way I used to just be able to write stories and like have these ideas and just like put it out and like write for like four hours at night and then Mm -hmm. be like, cool. Like I love the story that I wrote. Like I miss that. And somehow I just remembered that when I was home and, um, but it seems so far away to like have creativity in my life. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why, but it just felt like this really like kind of thing that felt like so like tragic (laughs) it sounds so dramatic but it felt like really tragic like oh like like it's it's just it's not here and it doesn't feel like that's going to be something I can just easily bring in and I wasn't I I was right like it's been 10 years since then and I'm still bringing it back in Mm. um but you know I was so lucky that I ran into a friend um, and not even like really a a close friend at the time, but a a friend of a friend. And she was a currently graphic designer, uh, but had been trained in photography and loved Mm. photography. And she was going through a similar feeling of like, well, I work in graphic design, but I don't really feel it's creative. And I am really wanting to like be more creative in my life, even though I work in a technically creative industry and photography was her big thing. So I was like, you know what? Like, I don't know what we're going to do, but like, how about we just do emails every week about our creativity? And Mm. if you try something, send it to me. Even if you just want to talk about how you're terrified to try anything or whatever, just every week, let's just do an email about our creativity and what we did that week for it. Um, and we ended up calling it the juice factory out of like (laughs) after creative juices, like trying to get our juices flowing again. Um, so, and it was just, it was so nice. I mean, it was so nice to talk about like, okay, like I tried writing a poem and here's my poem. And she'd be like, I tried like taking some photos. And mm-hmm. I remember she organized like a photo shoot and I went to help her. Um, and I recorded this, like me singing this song and it was like so weird and experimental. <laughs> and I was like, don't show this to anybody. It was like, I was like in third grade, like in some like weird, like, like mystery journal club. Um, but I was so grateful for that space. And then we did that for like three or four months. And mm-hmm. then I ended up 
going back to school for marriage and family therapy, um, which was a great move. Um, I think that was definitely closer with what my skills are. And then she actually ended up going on to be a full-time wedding photographer from that. So, um, that was kind of my first success, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Like, even though I wasn't really, like, officially coaching her. It was, like, your first client. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, like, my first success at being, like, let's make creativity happen mm. and come into our lives deeper. And she went off and did it. And I had, you know, and I had started writing again. But I struggled because, like, I didn't, you know, just transition to full-time right. creative career. And I was a little bit like, oh, I'm the failure out of the two of us. But I went on and continued, like, um getting into painting and, um, yeah. So I can talk more about that, but I feel like that's already like a big chunk. Right. Um, so I don't know if you want to like, do you want me to break at this point? And you ask a question, <laughs> this is off, off record, but I'm like, I, you know, this is very detailed. I don't know how long I should be going. I can continue and you can splice it together. No, I mean, the, me the, this is, this is great. I'm, I'm like enthralled in the story. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. I will continue then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I've got my glass of wine here. I'm like, yeah, it's story okay. time. <laughs> okay, just want to be sure. I was like, ooh, okay. Um, it's it's see, even for me, it's weird to talk about this for so long, even yeah. though it's so important, and that's why that's the exact space I want to give people, you know, because it yeah. is so so important. Well, and I I think too. I was um, what I've noticed is. Because storytelling, right? You made this connection between storytelling and creativity, mm-hmm. and I've I've never heard someone talk about it that way. Um, but I, I can absolutely see that the two are are intertwined and interconnected. Yeah. And one thing that I've noticed is women, in particular, for some reason, um, I think have trouble accepting the fact that our story, whatever it is, matters. Yeah. And so it makes a lot of sense what we were talking about earlier, right? Just even um, I know D. I, I, like I don't know, maybe devaluing how um, like our artistic side. I mean, I mean, even by the type of language that we used, right? You mentioned earlier, like our propensity to you know talk about like you'd hear a lot more women say like oh like I'm you know I craft or I'm a crafty person, right. but to say like oh I'm an artist like that that seems like oh well I don't know who who are you to you know make that claim of yourself and that goes back to where I think our identity and our story and for the same reason that we often are a little bit shy about taking up space with our stories yeah we're more apt to be not that that it doesn't impact men either but I think we're more apt to be impacted by by that and and shy away from sharing our story through our art as well yeah yeah definitely I mean taking up space it's it's still a struggle that I like and I like am simultaneously such Mm -hmm. a like a big personality but then I'll be so aware of being a big personality and I think it has a lot to do at least with me with like messiness Mm. like there is such a fear in me that I would be judged as messy um and I just realize how much like things are naturally messy and like it's it's such a it's such a big step to own that you know what you're trying to do. Yeah. Even if on the outside it's not coming out perfect, it's not quite right. there yet. Um, it's all kinds of weird to people that are just like expecting it to be there already. Mm-hmm. But you have to know what you're doing right. and be okay with how that might look on the outside yeah. to people that are just going to be coming in for like two or three minutes yeah. and walking out. You know, um, 
So, you know, that's, that's a huge part of it too, is like <laughs> learning to be like, okay, if I'm going to start doing this, I have to be okay with putting it out there. Um, and letting people have their opinions about it, but I own the narrative of what's right. really going on and where I'm really going yeah. with it. And I have to have faith that I'm going there. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so for the, I mean, there's, you've got the, the hidden artist, right? The workshop. And then you also have this coaching that you're doing. So did one kind of come to fruition before mm-hmm. the other or like, what is, um, cause I, like I checked out your website after we met the first time. And then I, I was looking at over today too, um, just to see if there's anything like from that, that like would spark any other additional questions that I had for you. But was there, well, it sounded like you kind of unintentionally started coaching people, right? <laughs> and then, um, but how did that kind of evolve into to what is right now, right? So you've mm-hmm. got the workshop and then the coaching. Right. Well, um, I had been talking with a friend of mine who you know, Desiree, yes. um, and we had been, we're kind of like each other's like peer uh-huh. coaches, I guess. Right. We've been doing that for like a couple years, just really being there for each other through conversations about our creative process. And so we really wanted to do workshops together mm-hmm. to um, create that space for other people and 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 women especially. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, we had started it, we got moving, and then just, you know, Desiree's got like two kids, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. a full-time career. She's got so much going on. So she needed to put a pause on it. And I was like, you know what? Like... I'm just going to move forward and book the workshop myself and it's going to give me a kick in the butt to have a deadline (laughs) and something that I'm like, okay, I I don't want anybody to not show up. So I need to now get my stuff together. I need to like really start putting together, like, what does this look like? Get my website. Um, And so, uh, so yeah, that's when I would say the workshop really came first. And then what I decided to do is I have a background in research, you know, from my work Mm -hmm. as a, within Education, but also I have my PhD that I recently finished in May. Oh, and thank you. <laughs> um, that's also a big like, whew, like that's yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> although life has not gotten much easier since then, I was like, oh, it's gonna be so. I'm always like, oh, I wish I was back in school. Um, oh could, then because then you could tell people like I'm in my PhD, and everyone's like, right, oh, and you like, like they're like, yeah, yeah. And now like, they're just I like, an excuse. <laughs> yeah, now they're just like, you're an adult. Like this is life. Um. um but um, I, I, so I did my PhD and what I really specialized in mm-hmm. is doing um, qualitative research, which is really research that is not statistical. It's right. all like interviews and like very time um, consuming, very time consuming, but rich and mm-hmm. very um, immersed in the story. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I love that. So I decided, well, you know, why not research what I'm looking at when I'm coaching and especially um, people that are struggling to begin to own their desire to mm. create. Um, because I, you see a lot of research on creativity, but it tends to center on people that are professional artists. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. You don't have a lot around like, what is the identity development look like for mm. someone who's an artist, especially people that didn't ever have a notion of themselves taking art seriously growing up. Mm. I think it's very different if you're someone who like at nine or 10 knew you wanted to be uh, a a painter or to work in art or you went to college for it and now you're like, you've actually been looking for jobs in it or you've been working in it. That has its own issues, no doubt, Mm -hmm. but it's a different situation from midlife or quarter life beginning to be like, 
Like I want to do this thing and it's so vulnerable and I don't see myself <laughs> creative or artistic at all. It's a whole other thing. Right. And so I decided to um, simultaneously do interviews with people about their challenges around that, mm. um, both as a way to begin collecting enough data so that I could begin to see patterns mm -hmm. and that would richen um, my coaching practice and really right. help me identify the, the complexities and the specific issues that were happening. But also because then, you know, selfishly, it also <laughs> served as really good marketing material yeah, because yeah. then I could really speak to the people and know right. who I wanted to talk to. So that was kind of, and then those interviews usually led to someone wanting to continue yeah. working with me. Um, and so that's kind of... You're able to kind of build up your clientele at the yeah, same time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What so, was there, was that through that research process, Was were there any um, like key takeaways or um, I, I'm sure like everyone's story had its own unique factors, but any like big takeaways that, you know, maybe there was this thread kind of throughout some of those stories? yeah. I mean, and it's funny because you hear it and anybody who's going through this is going to be like, oh, that's so obvious, <laughs> but it's so true, you know, and everyone feels like they're the only one. But so I think one thing that uh, I would, I would bring up is um, it's a very physical mm -hmm. sensation when you want to create. Yeah. Um, it's like this mm -hmm. pull. Yeah. And a lot of people talk about the pull comes up and I can feel it and I'm just like, no. <laughs> yeah. And and they're like, or they're like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, it feels like I'm going to lose control. Mm. It feels like, um, like what, what's going to come out or like, what if it's not good enough? Like I have a friend, I just, I interviewed her. Oh, it's actually the same friend that I was doing the juice factory emails oh, with. Yeah, yeah. So now she's a full-time wedding photographer, but now she's yearning to do her own personal projects even more. Ah, and she's like, okay. that actually represents me even more than my full-time job now. And right. so she's, even though she's now full-time transitioned in that, she still has places where she's like, oh, I want to go even deeper. So I think something I, just to put a little side note to emphasize is like, for anyone who's like, you know, I'm feeling these ang anxious feelings because I'm new. Oh, no, no, no. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. it's both good and bad news that it doesn't mean you're not meant to do this right. and it doesn't mean you can't, but it also means that you will, you will continue to feel this way because you'll keep diving deeper. Yeah. Um, so just a little yeah. positive Absolutely. and you know, scary <laughs> thing to hear. People are scared to hear that. Um, and so uh, it doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah. They're like, wait, what? Cause like I'll have people, I, I did another interview and someone, my friend was like, you know, I just like, I'm always like, but like, I need to create something bigger and more grander. And what I create is not good enough. And we came to the realization that there's this kind of investment that if I do this big masterpiece, then I, then it's done. Right. And I can stop with this call and I can just relax and rest on my laurels. And like, mm -hmm. I won't feel this pull, this, 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 this thing that's like at the back of my throat anymore. Mm, yeah. Um, and so a lot of it is, um, coming to understand that sensation better. Right. Um, coming to understand that it's not scary um, and coming to learn how that sensation can be trained to come with things that are exciting and meaningful for yeah. you, even if you don't necessarily... It's You can train yourself to begin to say this sensation. It's kind of like exercise. Like mm -hmm. I, the, metaphor, the metaphor of exercise has come up a lot. Like exercising sucks. Mm -hmm. I mean, like <laughs> it's annoying 
to go and do it. But like right. every time you do it, you feel better. And then eventually if you get consistent at it, your body gets trained to be like, I need to exercise and to know that that's going to make you feel better rather yeah. than when you first start, you're like, oh, like so annoying. Like this, like drive to exercise is like just bothering me right now. Right. So a lot of it's like around that is like almost like a very essential thing that keeps coming up that it, but it's very subtle for people mm -hmm. because they immediately go then to like, well, what am I supposed to make with it? And they start thinking about that, not uh, realizing that okay. what they're really avoiding and what they're really reacting to is the anxiety that that feeling of wanting to create and the desire to create, mm -hmm. the impulse to create is causing in them. Right. Yeah. So, um, gosh, it's like... I just have so many questions, but, um, <laughs> so do I. I'm like dying to cry. I'm still like, I'm like, Oh my God, this is so, it's so fascinating. I really want to understand. Like, right. I guess it's just fascinating to me. So, well then for someone that is, you know, there's that, that drive to create and I'm sure you get this all the time and people <clears throat> just don't know where to start and, and what to start creating. Like, well, how do you help that person figure out, like, you know, what's the next step for that person? Yeah. So, <clears throat> and I want to give away all your secrets, you know? No, so. <laughs> no. And honestly, I don't even know if I have any because like, this is still something that, you know, um, I'm still like exploring myself with what works best with people. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, one of my favorite quotes that I ever read was, you don't really need anything but awareness. Mm. Once you bring awareness to a particular situation, everything you need comes after that. And so that doesn't mean the second you realize that impulse and you realize you're running away from it, you're going to like know exactly what to do. Right. But <clears throat> if you keep bringing your, your attention back to the impulse and the running away from it, you will slowly begin to get another response. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, most people know what they want to create. I mean, they, you know, most of the people I talk to in the interviews, they're able to tell me a very specific thing that yeah. they want to create. Um, but, you know, and, and it might be that they need to break the process of creating right. that down into smaller steps. Like if they're saying, oh, I want to be able to paint a portrait of my grandmother, I yeah. might be like, okay, let's work together to um, find out how you can paint a very rudimentary version of that. Um, or maybe right now you just need to draw your grandmother's face, sketch it. You know, I can break yeah. down those steps too. Um, yeah, because sometimes it's just the getting you know, from the starting place to whatever the 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 finished products can seem really overwhelming too. Absolutely. And I think that's another part too, where I, my personal experience really helps feed into this because I've had such big ideas and had to continue. Like I'm obsessive about watching any mm. sort of creative documentary to see how people get where they are. I'm yeah. obsessive about like seeing an artist that I like and then going all the way back in their archives and being like, how did they start? Mm, right. And realizing, um, that there are such small incremental steps. And most people yeah. do not have anyone to help them even see how there could be a smaller block within that. Right. So that's definitely something that I help with, which is like being able to break down where they could begin. Gotcha. Um, but a lot of it too is helping people to realize that Often, especially for for um, a new creative endeavor, and, and especially more for newer artists, is that when they think of what they want to create, they don't have enough experience with their own style yeah. that they'll think of what something somebody else has created, mm -hmm. and they're really attached to that it looking like that <clears throat> or that 
you know, they don't have any other way to think about it. Right. And so a big part of what I do is help people to begin to even recognize and distill what their style might be. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is recognizing that where you are now is the most perfect place to begin. One of the things that kind of blew my mind is like some of these psychologists talking about how your physical body and your senses shape the way your mind thinks. Mm. Um, Because basically, you know, as we were children, everything was learned through the senses. And so you can look at languages and different languages will position the way they talk about things in a physical way. So one of the exercises that I do when I've done like group talks um, or workshops is that I'll have people do blind contour drawing and mm-hmm. blind contour drawing is basically when you have a pe- you have like a something in front of you and you draw without looking down at your paper. Gotcha. Um, and I'll have people draw the exact same person's face mm-hmm. and everyone's drawing looks completely different and mm-hmm. it has its own unique style. And so people don't realize that even the way your eyes are going across someone's face, it's already specific to you. You're noticing things about pe- someone's face that someone else is noticing that's different. Mm. And maybe the way your eyes are tracing that person's face is already unique to you. Right. That's such a basic building block already of style is like, what are you even looking at in a piece? So it's like breaking it down to that essential of a building block. Okay, what colors are you attracted to? Mm -hmm. Okay, now you have those colors. Go and play with those colors. Yeah, you like the colors on that person's painting, but when you want to make something, do you actually want to pick up those colors? So it it becomes very elemental in that way. And then if they begin to explore those, what you're talking about, though, is like, you know, a long process. It's not something that I can help someone do in a, a year, but you begin to see those things and people start to pick up and be like, oh, I don't have to make a style. I just have to discover what mine is. I just have to pay attention enough to notice what I'm even paying attention to and what I feel about it and then, and what I'm attracted to. And you can begin to draw more and more specific inferences from that, Mm -hmm. that you then go and put in your art intentionally. And then the art making process becomes so much more personal and easier in a way that you've eliminated all these options that are other people's Right. expression. Right. Um, and so that's what I'm really trying to help people to, to learn when I'm helping them learn yeah. these things. One, I think, I think that's part of why, what makes it scary too though, right? right? Because the more that it's personalized, the more vulnerable that you become, right? <clears throat> because then the more that it is connected to who you actually are, and then you put that in, out into the world, then people are not just seeing something that you've created, right? Or this, right. um, re- this replica, Replicate? Repli- is that the that's the word? Or a yeah, replicate? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> of, um, replica, replica. I've already is- finished my glass of wine. So, <laughs> um, a replicate of something else or somebody else's work, but now they're seeing something that has actually come from you, and so it is an expression like we were just talking about at the beginning, an expression of your own self. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, it does become easier, but it's also scarier at that point. Yes. Right? Oh, yes. Um, Thank you. Yes. It's simpler in one way and then it becomes more complicated right. in another because then you're like, oh crap, like <laughs> what I want to express now is so unique. And now and people specific. need to know and they're going to know me. Exactly. Yeah. I'm having this, like one of my clients is talking about exactly that where she's like, okay, I want to start doing these things, but like, 
the idea that someone might know it's me and what they might think about it is scary. Right. And and I totally understand that. And I go through that all the time where mm-hmm. I'm like, part of me, I still struggle a lot with writing because I'm like, you know, I've realized I'm at the place in my life where I need to build up to the point where I can let go more in my writing because I'm still, there's a lot of judgmental voices in my head that are like not going to allow what needs to come out to just come out. Yeah. And so there's a lot in my life outside of creativity that I'm really focusing on being like really trying to make the right decision for me, even though it's scary and to have the courage Mm. to do that, because I know the more that I do that, the more I free myself up when I come to writing, Right. because I then have the muscles to be like, I'm not going to listen to these voices. Let's make space for what Mm. needs to come. Yeah. Um, And I'm very aware that that is my current place and struggle. And that's what I'm working towards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We referenced this earlier and this was something I, I taken some notes down, but when you pull up the front page of your website, there's this quote, which immediately I, I, I didn't really pay much attention to it the last time that I, I, I checked it out. But it's this quote. It says, not doing my art gives me a false sense of control. So I try to kill my love of my art. Meanwhile, something once wonderfully alive in me is dying. Oh, and isn't that the most freaking crazy quote? Yeah. I, I mean, like I had to read it a few times because I was like, wow, there's there's just a lot there. Um, and especially this this idea of yeah. control. And we started to talk about it earlier and then I was going to ask you about it. And then you said a bunch of other brilliant things. And so, <laughs> um, and then, so then I had to address seven those different things. But can you talk a little bit about, um, obviously that was a very intentional you know, piece to put yeah. on your website. So talk a little bit about what that means to you or, or, or yeah, just w- what comes to life for you when you, you think about that. <sighs> yeah. I mean, so intertwined with my, with my own story. Um, like I said of like really, you know, when I said, I know what it's like to be terrified mm-hmm. because you feel like you have no sense of direction or self to guide you through yeah. complicated things. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really feels like something inside of you has died. Yeah. Um, and that's why I was so adamant with my little brother, like, just go and listen to it because you are killing your connection to your heart every yeah. time you turn away from that. Um, and I, I mean, I have all these philosophical things to say all the time and analytical, but like with <laughs> that one, it's just like, I just feel it in my chest. I'm just like, this is what it means to be alive is and you're in your your brain your mind all these thoughts it's just a witness to what is really so powerful and dynamic and and unbreakable you know Mm -hmm. um I think that's the thing like even though the words like dying in that quote are so resonant for me I think it can't actually be killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it's more, I think your connection to it is it's in the process of dying. I don't think it ever actually is completely severed, right. but it feel it, it's basically something that is like it, the experience of dying. Yeah. Um, it's, it's brutal. And so, um, yeah, God, I mean, yeah, I have so many things to say about so many things, but that one is just like, it's just freaking true. Yeah. Like it's just, true um and I think that goes back to the frivolous piece of like Mm -hmm. it's not frivolous and I put that quote up there 
Um, I'm very intense about my delivery of these things because I feel like people who are going through these things, they really need to be deeply validated that there is pain that they're feeling when they're not creating the way they want to and they're not giving time to that. They actually feel pain. Right. But they don't even they're not conscious of it. They're not able to understand or acknowledge that for themselves, that there is this undercurrent of pain. Right. And it's very important for me to be the person that says that and allows them to feel it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I remember going through periods of my life where for whatever reason, whether I was in my own head or I was listening Mm -hmm. to those voices that were saying like, no, this is frivolous or, um, whether it was tied to my own identity of like, you know, thinking that, no, I'm not a creative person. So I'm, I, you know, I need to put that aside because that's, you know, not who I am or whatever it was. Um, I remember going through these periods where even seeing somebody who was doing something with their creativity, like I, I couldn't even mm. watch that. Right. Mm. And so, mm. um, yes, it, because that pool that you talk about, about, you know, to, to do something, um, when I was seeing other people mm. responding to that and showing that off, it's, I mean, of course, you know, I, I was happy for them, but I'm like, I, I just can't watch it though. Oh yeah. Because I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, and so th- there was, yeah, I just remember that that pain was very visceral. Oh, it's yeah. so intense. Uh, it's, it's, it's really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the more that you ignore your creativity, the more you see it everywhere. Right. I mean, you just see and then it becomes not even just about like actual art or like traditional creative expression. You start seeing people who are just like cool with wearing their headphones and singing while they're listening to their music or right. someone who's just willing to laugh loud. And suddenly you're just, you're just freaking angry about it yeah. and you feel it because you're just like, why are they allowed to live? And I'm not, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I've struggled so much with envy in my life, like envy, like bitter envy. And I'm so grateful that I, have the wherewithal to be able to, even if it takes me like months of dealing with a particular strand of it, to be like, okay, the reason why you're feeling that way is because clearly that's yeah. something that you deeply want for yourself and you are afraid to have it. And this is a wake up call that you need to go for that. Right. Um, uh, and, and I, and living a life where you are envious is like a form of hell. Yeah. It's so self, like mutilating and it's full of self-hatred. It's just terrible. And so I definitely think feeling like painful when you see other people being able to freely creatively express is a huge wake up call. Um, and, and it is very, very visceral. Um, so, and a lot of people it's like, but then like the idea of then going out and doing it, the problem is, okay, you're like, okay, I know I need to create, but then obviously it's so vulnerable to you. And there's part of you when you are jealous and you are feeling envy that you believe that the other person has something that you want and you don't have it. Like you're kind of like Mm -hmm. the exact opposite in a way. And so then you go out and you try to create, but obviously if you haven't done it for a while, you're rusty or you just have these huge expectations. And then like, it's like when you go and cook a dinner and it turns out so bad (laughs) and you're just like, and then you have to eat it and you're just like, you're just crying and you're so mad and you want to like smash a plate because you're just like, this is the most disgusting thing. Right. I made this. It's disgusting. Well, and then it becomes about, well, obviously I can't do this, right? Obviously this is not for me. I might've had this pull towards it, but like clearly I I just, I can't do it. And it, it is, I think it's not, it's not a matter, right? Of whether or not this is for you or not. It's just, 
it's just like anything else or any sort of muscle, you know, that you need to build up going back to the exercise analogy. Um, it does, it gets easier to, and not even, it's not even about the finished product becoming, I don't know, you know, becoming whatever it is that you want it to become, but just engaging that process becomes so much easier and so much more natural, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, over time, just like, you know, I love that you use that exercise analogy because it it is, it it just, it becomes easier because we've engaged with it and and we've had practice doing it. Yeah. And I, and I think too, it just also becomes, something that is necessary in your life. Um, and you, it becomes the point where when you don't do it, you feel worse than when you do. And that's where you want to get to, but it's a hard, it's really, it takes time. Like I would say for someone that hasn't really been engaged in that, like, man, like sometimes it can be years. Like for me, it's been 10 years. Mm -hmm. And when I was younger, I was highly creative and like really prolific with everything that I made. So like, even for me, I'm like, wow, this is like, Intense journey. Um, but I, but I know myself so much more Whereas when I was younger, it was like, I just did it off the cuff, but now it's like, I have the privilege at least of seeing myself and valuing myself every time I do make one of those breakthroughs. I understand how much courage it took and how much meaning it has for me that I didn't have before. So one thing that I thought about when you were talking about like getting, you know, beginning to act on these things is another thing that's really intense about people that want to create is that you kind of get to a point where you realize like, it's not in your control that you have this dream. And it's almost like you're vulnerable to this dream. And I think that's also why it's torturous because you're just like, why can't I be someone that doesn't want to write like the next great American novel? Like it's too much. (laughs) Like I don't even want to have this impulse sometimes. Like it's Mm -hmm. just like this, this ghost that's like ragging on you all the time. And you're just like, dude, leave me alone. Like just want to eat Cheerios in my underwear. Like (laughs) they're like, "You're, you're better than this. Um, so like, I think that's it too. It's like, oh my gosh, like it's so vulnerable to realize just like it's vulnerable to realize that who you are as a person has particular limitations and flaws. Yeah. It's vulnerable to realize that your particular dreams require you to do things that mm-hmm. you have no guarantee that will be accepted for, that you'll be good at, that are, you know, can be downright humiliating uh, mm-hmm. and exposing and embarrassing. Um, it's, you know, People say, I want to create, but then there's also a part that's like, I, there's also a part I think they get to where they're like, I'm also just scared that I want this thing. Like, I wish I almost, I almost wish I didn't want it. Yeah. And that, that ties really well into the, I mean, it's kind of an extension of what we were talking about with that quote on your, your website. And one thing that I, when I read that and made me think of was the idea of control and part of that letting go of that control mm-hmm. is also when you're engaging some something creative, there's no, there's almost a fear of, you know, whether or not the next thing's going to come to you also. Right. Oh, so yeah. if I'm writing a book and I, I've listened to, I, I, I have a very long commute to work and so I listen <laughs> to a lot of podcasts. And so I've listened to a lot of podcast episodes from writers who've written, you know, multiple books. And that's always something that comes up is it's terrifying to like for them to engage in this career as a writer, because they're like, there's no guarantee that 
I'm going to get my next idea. And it's almost like just a, a trusting the process, right? So same thing if, if you do paint, it's you might have this idea or this vision for this amazing painting and that's great and it might turn out wonderful, but to continue mm -hmm. on that journey is really scary because what if you don't come up with something again, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's part of the the fear around it too. But when I read that, the idea of control, that's exactly what I thought of is if I'm going to say yes to this and, and really my, my life depends on engaging in this creative journey. And I think it does. Um, you know, what if it just doesn't work out? So it's almost like, you know, we, we have to trust the process too. Yeah. I mean, there's so many pieces of that, right? Like, yeah, I just, um, one of the people I was talking to was just like, yeah, I don't even, part of me doesn't even want to like do this thing that I have an idea for because I'm like, what if I don't do it well? And then yeah. I just wasted the whole thing and I never get another one. Yeah, so yeah. I can completely understand that. Um, and I think, you know, one way to, to, to help with that fear is like, obviously like that's a real valid fear. Mm -hmm. um, but when you pay attention to like the things you do on a daily basis they are so generative. Yeah. And so I think that's also an exercise that I've designed is like to really spend like, like one of the things is like, you know, I said spend 30 days mm -hmm. and every day email me and every day I want you to pick five things that you did that you realize were like generative. Mm, um, yeah. And it could be as small as like, Oh, I was sick of what I wanted, what I normally cook. So I tried a new recipe or I put these, or I put, mm. you know, I put, freaking hot dogs in my apple pie. I was like, I don't know, but like, cool. Like you made something new, right? Like, but just how natural it is for you to always be creative because there's really like, we're doing different stuff all the time right. and responding in new ways to things constantly. So I think that's one thing, but I also think one of the things that I think about a lot is like, you know, okay. Like, is this a cheesy like word, but I think about heroes mm -hmm. in like movies or things like that and like how or like not even movies but real life like how there are people who are remembered for like this one thing that happened on one day mm -hmm. and like not even the big ones like you know there's big heroes out there but you know whenever you go into communities and you hear people that are like no like people respect them a lot of the right. times like there's something that they did on like this one this one day or like this one thing that they did in their life and they weren't famous for it. They weren't making mm -hmm. a lot of money, but it came through them and it yeah. was one thing. Um, and they may have been doing versions of that their whole life, but it was like this one moment or this one project that really was like, people remember that. Right. Um, and so I think a lot about that, how incredibly profound it is because even if you, you know, setting aside whether you get more ideas, sitting with the idea that every idea that you do get is completely unique. Right. And what does it mean that this thing channeled through you and you did something that has never been done exactly like that? Mm -hmm. And so I think part of why we are afraid of having a lack of ideas is like we are living in a world where the world is constantly demanding more and more yeah. and more. And it has no idea what it means to value 
the thing that we have. Like when you think yeah. about toilet paper and you're like, yeah. how much goes into toilet paper? And the idea that like, <laughs> you know, there are people who are like working to create this pulp and it's like trees that have taken decades to like grow and like right. they may not always be around That's and you're just like true. I just wipe my ass with this thing <laughs> and like what like and then you know it's just I think it's not easy it's not an easy thing to do to appreciate the idea that even if you have just one of these it was profound mm -hmm. but it's healing and I think it's a deeply meditative and spiritual thing and I think it spreads to all of your life because I think we all have demands to be more and more right and we feel like we're not enough but then like literally if you get to know a single person you're like every person that you meet you spend enough time and you're like this is a completely unique person yeah um and their existence is profound and I yeah I sound like that that NPR lady Kristen what's her name do you know what I'm talking about on being? I don't think so. No. Okay. But now she's I'm always curious. like, it's profound. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> God. Um, and I sound like that. But it's like when you talk about things that are like that, it's sometimes hard to like put it in other words. But yeah, I think a lot of it for me, it's been healing to like be like, okay, I don't want to be at the demand of this insane productivity. Right. Um because at the end of the day, it's it's for you. Right. right. And that's the thing is whether or not other people even see it or other it, it's something that other people are even appreciating right because sometimes not everyone's going to appreciate our own art and that's that's fine because it's really at the end of the day that's not the point yeah and so yes so you totally just brought me to my my other point which is probably my my realist point which is like so I I was saying earlier that I got into abstract mm -hmm. painting and that was a crazy process because I was like, you know what? Like, I really want to do something other than write because writing is driving me crazy and I'm feeling mm -hmm. like terrible at it. So let me just try something different. And I like remember looking at videos for like abstract painting and it's like, I was like, oh, they just throw stuff on a, you know, <laughs> they just throw stuff on there. It'll be fine. And like, I went out in a parking lot and just did like my first one, like three hours, just like threw a bunch of paint on there. And I was like, oh, that's pretty fun. So I was like, okay, you know, somehow I don't have the same, as much of the same like insane paralysis around mm -hmm. painting that I do around writing at the time so I wanted to do another painting but you know I so I went out and I did a, a pretty large canvas um about like a year after that first one um so that I have a lot of time gaps between things I mm -hmm. a lot of it for me has been around time because yeah. we are consistently ruled by time right and so I've had a lot in my art where I've really been focused on trying not to let time rule my process and ruin mm. it for me so I let like I left a year and then a year later I was like okay I want to try another one I went out and like the same thing a few hours just put like you know just kind of went for it and was like okay pretty decent thought it was done and then kept looking at it and being like mm, I feel like there's something more I want to do and I remember one night I was like okay let me put some like rhinestones on this thing mm -hmm. like I just had this impulse right and I did two rhinestones and I freaked out and I was like I've never seen like a, a contemporary abstract painting with rhinestones on it this is stupid <laughs> and then thankfully I had the wherewithal to be like maybe it's not stupid maybe you just need to sit on it maybe you're just not ready to do it yet mm-hmm and so I left it in my living room and I went back and forth, like looking at it every day. And it took me three months after oh, three wow. months of looking at it every day. I was like, you know what? I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I know for sure that I really want to try it and see like, 
I'm, I'm willing for it to turn out terrible mm -hmm. to like see what's going to happen. So I did all the rhinestones and it turned out like it's looks, that was the first thing that I made in such a long time that I was like, that feels like me to the point where I didn't even recognize it was me till it was done. And I was yeah. like, that's me. I couldn't even even conceived it in my head. Right. And it was so incredibly satisfying and meaningful. And I, and it's like, my house is so, and I, I've pretty much done that process for the rest of all my paintings where mm. I just allow myself to take as much time as I need for the next move. Because basically the first thing I want to do is usually what I've seen someone else do. Right. So I wait and I wait to let this thing that I can feel, but I don't have mm. the exact nature of it. I just let it kind of emerge. And then even if I get a clear idea of what it could be, I wait until I'm really sure that that's what I want to do. Right. I'm very patient with myself. And that's been the most incredibly healing thing because now I realize, okay, I could make only one every five years, but that one yeah. painting, I'm going to, it's going to be so meaningful and rich that I don't need 10 of them. Right. Um, and people walk in and they're always like, I've never seen a painting like that, which is the most freaking huge compliment. Even if yeah. sometimes they're like, like, yeah, you haven't. <laughs> yeah. Even if sometimes they're like, oh my God, something wrong with you. Like when they're really depressing or something or really dark, they're like, are you okay? But I'm just like, oh something like mm. so I think there's also a matter of quality versus quantity and right. I think it is difficult to put into words for somebody before they experience it themselves to see a piece that is so you in a way that like you're just so proud of because you're like that's that's my, like I like you know I made that right like that's why like mm -hmm. you go to paint 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 by numbers or whatever and it's like it's fun but you yeah. don't walk out and you f don't feel like special because of it right it's different when you're like oh my god like I've I made that and I've never seen anyone else do it and all of a sudden it's like you know yourself at a deeper level and you know that you have something special right and so I really try to be like it's okay if you even have two of those in your life because you will die knowing that you have said something that only you could say. Yeah. And that's more important than anything else, I think. Yeah. So. I love it. And I feel like I can definitely talk with you about this for hours. And I, <laughs> I realized I don't even know what time we started this conversation at. And we just jumped right into it. I'm like, when did we, how long have we been talking? And I have no idea. So we'll just, we'll see what the recording tells us. But, um, before we, that, that's just, it was such a wonderful conversation. Um, and I'm really excited about your upcoming workshop and just everything. I, I feel like it's been so great hearing more of your journey and then yeah. also just seeing how you're helping to support and, and the fact that you kind of fell into this role of helping support other people's journeys kind of, I, I don't know, just unintentionally. And that, that's, um, it's like, you know, the best things in life, that's kind of how they happen, right? You just, yeah. you, something happens and you just kind of lean into it. And so I love that you did that because yeah. um, I think it's, it's something that's very, very needed. So thank you. Thank you for all the amazing work that you're doing. Thank you. Um, I yeah. appreciate you having me on here and you're also doing really important work by getting yeah. people to talk about these things. Well, thank you. That's exactly why I'm doing <laughs> it is like these conversations need to happen. Yeah. Um, and I think people that are struggling with their journeys are just hungry for real yeah. information about what it's like um and to be validated that they're not 
doing it wrong or not good enough to right. like go through all of these things. So, yeah. so I think it's really cool what you're doing too. Well, if folks wanted to get a hold of you, right? So maybe they wanted to <clears throat> attend a workshop or they were interested in some coaching. Can you tell everyone a little bit about where, you know, how they can find you? Yeah. So you can go on my website. Um, it's thehiddenartist.com and, um, you can contact me through there. Um, and I actually do, I still need to get this information on the website itself, but mm-hmm. I actually do, um, a free first call. Uh, and so, you know, I call it like a clarity call. And so really often it ends up being just really talking through what you're struggling with and me helping you get some clarity on the exact issue, um, and some next steps you might want to take. Um, and I, and I do that for free. Um, and so you can reach out through the website. There's a form under the coaching link to contact me. Um, and so I would love if anyone out there listening wants to take advantage of that. Um, and then on the website too, you can find information about mm-hmm. my upcoming workshop on February 8th. Um, it's a very intimate workshop in a beautiful, um, beautiful space. And it's really going to be for people that are tired of, um, avoiding <laughs> their creativity and, um, have this dream to, to be living a much more creatively fulfilled life. Um, but need support in just beginning to, to make that commitment. Um, so anyone who's out there interested in that, please check it out. There's more info. Um, and yeah, I, I hope to, to hear from you all out there. Awesome. Yeah. And, um, you'll also be showing up in January. Um, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast, but, um, myself and a good friend of mine, Justine, we do a monthly gathering of, uh, women to do some sort of art project (laughs) and a, a little bit of community building, um, every month and mm-hmm. it's the date kind of varies, but we call that the art of restoration. And so that, um, for January, it's going to take place. We just set the date for January 14th. Mm-hmm. And so you'll be showing up to help facilitate that meeting. Um, I think we talked about doing some collage art, yes. right? We are going to be yes. doing intuitive collaging. <clears throat> Yeah. So if anyone is interested, you can find, there's a a Facebook group. It's probably the easiest way, um, to, you know, to, to find out a little bit about what that looks like and to get more information on the date. So you can just, um, look us up on Facebook. It's an open group. So you can just look it up by art of restoration. If you want to get a little taste of what working with Yang is like, that'd be a great place to kind of stop in. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for Thank you. This has been really cool. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) Um, and as always, um, you know, if you feel so inclined to give a rating or, or any sort of comments, I'd love, um, getting the comments, um, on the podcast and just seeing what folks are really, um, engaging with or, or what they are really enjoying about it. That's always really fun to see. And, um, make sure to subscribe too, because when you subscribe, then the newest episodes will start popping up in your feed. And it's looking like we're going to actually start moving the podcast from once a month to doing two episodes a month. But Ooh. I won't put a, a hard um, <laughs> promise on that. That is just my my goal. So we're um, what, in the middle of December now. So um, I think this, uh, well, 
Well, we're recording in the middle of December, so this might come out. There's like a whole like time-space continuum with uh-huh. podcasting because you yes. record and then you said <laughs> you um, put it out into podcast land, you know, however however many days later. But anyways, so we'll be moving to two podcast episodes a month. So make sure to subscribe so that those new episodes pop up in your podcast feed. All right. Well, thanks for being here again. And thank you, thank everybody, you. for listening. Bye.